From McKinsey's business building practice, Leap, I'm Andrew Roth, and welcome to The Venture, a series featuring conversations with legendary venture builders in Asia about how to design, launch, and scale new businesses. In each episode, we cut through the noise to bring practical advice on how leaders can build successful businesses from scratch. By 2024, if all goes according to plan, a pair of submarine cables will connect the United States with Indonesia. This will boost the data capacity to Indonesia, which is already Southeast Asia's largest economy and home to the fastest growing population of smartphone users in the world. Poised to unlock the potential value in Indonesia's 32 billion online economy is Telkomsel, an Indonesian telco with a 26-year history of innovation. Edward Ying, Telkomsel's former director of planning and transformation, and Trio Lambantaran, tribe leader and vice president of Bayou, Join me on this episode to discuss how they created and launched this new venture. Incidentally, if you'd like to read more about how Telcomcell reinvented itself with our help, we'll put a link in our show notes to an impact story on McKinsey.com titled, How Telcomcell Transformed to Reach Digital First Consumers. Okay, now to the interview. Edward, Trio, welcome to the show. Been looking forward to this conversation. Edward, let's get started. Take us back to when you first started thinking about launching a digital telco and Bayou. What was sort of the, the origin story to get something like this approved in an organization like Telcomcell? So firstly, I think all company or all organization need to have growth. And then being an established telco like Telcomcell, the largest mobile operator in Indonesia, over 150 million subscribers, so for us to get new customers and continue to grow upwards is really quite a struggle. So uh, we've been in business for more than 18 years. Then we go down to look at a segment that we think we are underserved, which means we are not, we're not gaining market share in it, that area. I should jump in to point out here that the creation of Bayou was an important element in Telcom Cell's larger digital transformation. The transformation was based on three pillars. First, build a new data analytics platform to better understand customers and increase personalization. Second, to create and launch new businesses to reach underserved consumer segments like Bayou. And third, to launch new digital channels. Okay, now we've established the context. Let's get back to Edward. So uh, we started the process. Then we identified that the youth segment is underserved, which means we have less market share than the competition. And also rightly so because we are actually an established brand. The rest of the brand come after us. So they're probably more uh, savvy to the, to the younger lot of people. Then we decided that this is the market that we want to, to capture and how do we best serve them and what really motivate them and how to change them to become a telecom sell customers. And the youth segment actually, we think they were digital savvy because as you know, Indonesia have a very young population Everybody buy things online. So we want to have a brand to serve them fully digital end-to-end, zero touch. Everything is being delivered to you. You go online, you do EKYC by yourself, you choose your own number, and everything is better. Uh, you don't need to contact anyone. Yeah, so Bayou is more than just Telcoms are launching a new brand. It's a a brand new business in itself, a, di- a completely different customer journey. What else makes Bayou different? What's the unique value proposition if you had to kind of distill it down? Yeah, I think following with Edward, that our main target segment is youth. 
And then you know youth is quite difficult uh, people to manage. And then, as you know, they're quite critical with the whatever that they, we provide to them. So this is a quite challenge for us. But we believe there is a good thing from youth that if we offer them and then we solve their pain problem, they will stay with us. So what is the unique selling proposition actually from this Bayou? So from the brand itself that you know Bayou, Bayou is by you. It means it's come from you. Because what we learn from the youth is that they don't want to be controlled. Actually, they want to choose what they want. They want the freedom. That's why, based on all of this, that we offer the full end-to-end digital journey that will offer them the freedom to choose what they want. Everything is in the one apps, end-to-end. The only one is physical, is just only the SIM card. So when we offer this solution about you with fully digital, we can provide the transparent, the honesty. What you see is what you get. Mm. So everything in apps, there is no hidden term of conditions. So if the price mentioned that, it will show that, then that's the, the things that you get. Instead of we playing with the price war, we believe with this kind of the transparent and honest offering, it can create some differentiation to what we offer our customers, especially in youth. And then the third point, of course, we are telecom cell. We're using telecom cell network. We are larger than a network. So this is also the key differentiation with a fully digital and then freedom to give and then transparent and honest and then also supported by the largest network and the best network in Indonesia. I think that's the unique selling proposition. I think why buy you? Was there anything different that you did on, on the customer research process to get to these points on transparency and honesty and the, the strength of the, the network and, and uh, the freedom to choose and uh, the digital experience? I think uh, everyone talking about the listening to customers, but the most important thing is not only listening, but when we listen, then we deliver. That's the most important thing. That's how we our our key role play in the team is quite important. We do a lot of research because we're running this with the agile way. So it means there is a sprint. So every sprint, there will be a customer validation. So we never go to the next step if whatever the proposition that we have is still not validated by our customer. So because we believe that this is not talking about us, this is talking about our customer. So if we cannot solve their pain problem, then our product will be not good and then accepted to the, the customers. So the research will be a key role playing in here. And then even if we have a difficulties or debate a lot of the whole proposition, then everything is decided with what customers say. It's not what we say, but it's what is customers say. Then we push all our tech team, technical team, to deliver the best to solve this pain problem. Not to change the requirement, but to provide the best deliver to our customers. That's the basic principle that we have. It sounds quite normal or everybody talk about uh, listening to our customer, but we believe mm. we come to here is because we listen to our customer. Without that, we not, we, there's nothing that we can offer to our customer. So not, not just listening to the customer, but, but you said delivering as well. Yeah, it's delivering, delivering also. Because usually what happens is we try to minimize the requirement and then put is to provide the limitation based on the tickle technical things or the other mm. procedural thing. But the thing is, we put this as the ultimate requirement 
but in the delivery we try to to overcome all the blocking that's our mm. job not try to minimize the delivery but try to deliver whatever the ultimate solution that we can provide to the customer Trio is perhaps too modest to say this, but it's worth highlighting that Bayou is built incredibly quickly. The team created a series of social media tests to observe click-through rates on certain features. This enabled them to develop and tune the MVP quickly. They had 30,000 customers join the waitlist when they beta launched. Bayou reached its one-year customer acquisition goal in six months. And just 15 months after launch, they had nearly 2 million subscribers and a market-leading net promoter score. Maybe we take a quick step back to you, Edward, because before Trio was, you know, executing on the customer research and, and building out the first version of Bayou, you know, I'm just curious again, going back to the boardroom on deciding to green light Bayou, how did you get that kind of buy-in, right? Because a lot of incumbents that are just at the beginning of their journey to launch a new business, they're facing large mountains of uh, challenges, whether it's red tape or internal processes to do this. How did you break through and get that buy-in? When we propose a disruptive service, fully digital, surely some of the other board members will say, hey, it's going to disrupt my life. It's going to cannibalize my business. So what I think, I think we put up a big picture together in my consultant that what's the big dream? And how are we going to make this company differently and serve our customer differently and capture a new audience? That's the first part. And two, I need to get a buy-in from the CFO and the CEO to make sure that they understand money needs to be invested because we need to hire different people, buy different machineries. Actually, they didn't cost very much. But to go into this and to invest on the brand value. So uh, that's what I did. But... I was lucky because at that point in time, we really need new growth or new revenue to keep Telcom Cell flying. So I got it through after numerous attacks. And a part of that was bringing Trio in, right? I mean, Trio was someone you brought in externally to, to accelerate the accelerate value. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Uh, first, I think we need to identify if we want to serve Bayou customers, what kind of people we must have in the team. So actually what happened was uh, we went out and says, if you want to serve this young audience, our people must be tech savvy and they must be young. They must think differently. Yeah, I may use the word same old, same old. Same old, same old doesn't work in this Bayou environment. For example, like what Joe just talked about, agile. Everything, there must be stock. That means everything, there's, all the block must be clear in two days. If not, there's no, no moving forward. So all this need a different mindset changing. So I went to recruit personally, interview about 12 people, and then I got all of them. In fact, most of them are telecom cell. In fact, I would like to say 90% of telecom cell. Trio, I noticed when Trio worked for, for us, Trio has this mindset of challenging the norm and I want to do things differently. So I think that's very important. So in summary, I would like to say the team that I wanted was actually all very young. That's good because they are tech savvy. They want to do different things in their life because they also see they've been with Telcom Cell, most of them three, five years. The company has been doing the same thing, meaning same postpay, prepaid, digital services. But this is something disruptive and can disrupt the competition. And we're the first uh, digital brand that launched in Indonesia. Trio, you, you've talked in the past about when you launched Bayou, 
you did something that maybe some other organizations don't do is that you basically had everyone reply to all inbound customer support requests. So from from the developers to the marketing team, what what was that like? Actually, we launched a really new journey in Indonesia. I think maybe not only in Indonesia, maybe in the world, because whatever that we make, we build also in the new system, which is anything can happen because we, we cannot refer to anyone. We cannot benchmark to anyone because this is the first first time to launch in Indonesia. So without that kind of condition, we believe there is something can happen. Then what we, we try to offer to customers and then one thing that we always believe in the team is the customer happiness is really the new way of marketing. Instead to spend of marketing dollars, actually, you can change it with the how you manage your existing customers. That's the one. That's why to avoid this kind of thing, actually, we, we do like a beta version. A beta version, then we launch it is actually one month before the, the final launch. What is the purpose of this actually to create an exercise, not only for the care team, also for the tech team, for the product team, for the all team. How actually we get the real feedback from the real customers. Then the objective in there, I involve all the team, not only the care team, because we are very limited team. It's just only consists when we launch only 20 people and then only two people actually manage this customer care. So when something happened in the beta version, these two people cannot handle everything. So that's, that's why I involve all the teams to reply all the customer feedback. The first objective is to make the problem solving to customer is fast. But the second thing, this is, not, is, is quite important also, to make our whole team is understand and listening directly to the customer. Because if they only listen from the care team, they think they not get the real feel actually what the customer really say. But when they handle the customer directly, for example, the technical team handle the customer directly, then they can listen the customer and then they know actually what is the real pain point from the customer. So when they come back and then develop something, whenever they do, they already have the mindset that whatever that I did is not just only to, to solve the technical issue, but to make my customer happy. That's, I think, the, the very basic principle that, that we run in the middle time. The problem is coming, but when the problem coming, we are ready to solve the problem. Everyone was owning the, the customer service, not just the two people. That was how you managed customers. And, and then what about internally with the team? You know, a lot of organizations talk about creating great culture. And you were able to sort of build a culture of independence and speed within Bayou. Can you share a little bit how you did that? I mean, everyone talks about culture and speed, but I think for the audience, it'd be great to hear about, you know, a specific example. So, for example, like all of us is coming from the different background. Some is come from the technical, come from sales, from marketing which is they already have their expertise and their experience. Thing is, some of them actually doesn't know each other. So they just join to the team and then just know it. So it means it creates some discussion, hard discussion sometimes, especially when we talk something about the value proposition. Then 
to avoid this kind of things, then we have the basic principle. One is actually we need to have a common objective. What is our common objective? This is the, always that what we say. And then every time, whatever that we offer something, that appears to be to solve customer pain problem. That's the basic principle. The second thing is actually the mindset, the open mindset, listening to other people. This is usually if we are quite experienced people, because in my team, yeah, there is a 20 years people experience and there is one year uh, people, uh, experienced people. But I try to keep saying that everyone is expert. Okay. I give them empowerment and trust. This is quite important. And then this is not easy. This is should be learning by doing because in the first time it will be difficult. There will be a fight. There will be a lot debate. But in any end of it, we always say it's not about talking about us, but it's talking about what is our customer want. But when we try to give them the empowerment and trust, and then they learn, and then they learn it fast, and then that's improve the capabilities quite huge capability improvement from the team also. You know, for the audience, it might sound obvious thing to do, right? And startups kind of behave like this naturally, but often in corporates to give that trust, to empower people to make decisions without lots of analysis and lots of meetings to get approvals is a big thing. I can see that how that's helped uh, driving the growth of Bayou. Yeah, it starts from the leadership, I think, Andrew. So without the leadership decision to give the empowerment and trust, then we cannot be as what we are right now. There must be an understanding between me as a board member with my other board member that we have a common goal. We want to achieve this. And you need to give this team an opportunity, trust them, let them execute, and don't second guess them. And then you get a buy-in. So once you get a buy-in, they move. Um, obviously, like you say, this is a corporate world. So you find other departments talking about them and all this. So, and I I will stand up to the board and say, leave all this to me, I'll manage them. All this noise, we manage off, keep them away, and we run. So I think as a leader, like what uh, Trio says, if you, my only suggestion for those who want to be uh, corporate builders, I think you should be able to fence off all this noise and get support from your fellow, uh, whether leadership team or, 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 or the leadership team or the top management team, fan off all this noise uh, so that these people are protected and really do a good job. Yeah, I mean, I think that's so critical. So at all levels, you know, Trio with, with the team on a day-to-day basis and then Edward with uh, protecting the team during board meetings with giving that, that flexibility and speed of execution. Now switching real quick to growth, right? Because it's been a few years since you launched Bayou. Anything, Trio, you might want to share on how you were able to get to, I would say, initial traction and then to higher velocity of, of growth of, of new subscribers? Indonesia is a very big country. So that focus is quite important. And then the second thing is actually how we communicate. Because we're targeting the youth, we create a, a different innovative way to communicate. As you might aware that we use our Instagram as our care care engagement actually. But the, in the other around, actually our Instagram become our internal marketing channels. And then now we are, it's just only one year, we have become the second largest Instagram follower in the telco in Indonesia. So it means, why? Because they are, and then the, we are the highest engagements also. 
And then in the first year, actually, we already reached seven months. We already reached a 12 months target subscriber. And then, as you know, that after six months, we launched COVID-19 coming. So it means we try to read pivoting uh, our our strategy because the customer movement is less. And then what we see in that times is the one example is that the modern channel become critical in that one. Then we repivoting is something, a decision. And then in just only two weeks, we launched the partnership with our partner, one of the largest uh, modern channel in Indonesia. And then it creates 30% of the acquisition from there. And then the, in the futures, actually, we don't want only to use our application just only for the telco environment. Currently, we already developed a lot of the beyond telco experience. So we want actually our application is not just only for purchase the recharge or to, to buy the credit just only related to telco, but we want to give them the engagement and experience. It seems like everyone's obsessed about digital marketing <laughs> and performance marketing and almost the market's forgotten about branding and, and more awareness marketing because sometimes you can't you know, measure you know, the performance as naturally as you can in digital. And anything you want to share on or lessons learned on, on the split between awareness and acquisition? I cannot say the numbers, but I believe that should be balanced for now. So it is because if you cannot get your brand aware, then the intention for people to purchase also is, is low. And then we are not only playing in digital also, especially in Indonesia, that's, there's a lot of people still go to the outlet. So currently, right now, we also utilize, uh, even there's still a lockdown, but we try to maintain our on-ground activities. Because sometimes people not only buy from the digital, but they need to have the physical presence also. That's why sometimes we're using the, the simple on-ground activity to make people also increase our awareness. And then the decision to buy also increasing because when they see in the in the digital and then they see in the physical presence, then the willingness to buy also increasing. Yeah, so not everything can just be online. Especially Indonesia. Right. Okay, so Edward, a lot of audience members are thinking more and more about launching new businesses within their organizations as corporate entrepreneurs. You know, any advice you would give to a corporate entrepreneur who's who's thinking of embarking on a on a business build for me would be firstly you must have first all organization like I say need to need to grow so you must know which part of your growth engine you have strength and which are untapped market and then you must have dream you must share this dream with your colleague at the board or at the senior leadership team to sell this dream that without this you aren't able to get growth you aren't able to I don't want to use the word disrupt. You weren't able to win over your competition. And once you get that, then I think you need to get a buy-in uh, from the, the leadership team and the management team. And then you'll be able to then move down the level. In the corporate world, there are a lot of noise. So you must be able to manage noise and let this team or let your team that is doing this, I use the word agile, agile, uh, agile to able to actually be empowered to deliver this service without hindrance. And one other advice is make sure this team, in my view, should be separated from the core team. They can be in the same building, they can work together. In fact, I like to use the word, there should be a lot of cross-functional activities and meetings and collaboration 
to be shared at, at a common, whether a leadership team or top management team, to be shared so that people know the journey of this team. If this team left alone to do their own, it's also not possible. So my biggest advice is besides having a dream, as a leader, you must be able to share this collaborative uh, winning, collaborative ideas, collaborative delivery of this service. Or else you'll find that your IT department is not supporting you, your network is not supporting you, and so forth. Yeah, I think that's a great point. You can't just uh, pretend to do everything completely separate or else you don't get the support from the the mothership, which is sometimes what gives the corporate startup that leg up in the competition. So Edward, reflecting on the experience, what what are some of the key learnings you might share with the audience? I think firstly, I like to say, I've seen a very energized group, never before in Telcomsa, in my past 10 years with them. This team of new and old staff, like what Trill say, some have been worked 20 years, some have worked one month or one year. So I thought that was very positive. In fact, the whole organization and top management, including the chairman and CEO, thinks this team is actually a new wave, a new wave that sweep across the company. And that's what we needed. So in summary, I'd like to say we built a new team, highly enthusiastic, digital savvy, very much more capability uh, built in them. And also they become more agile, not, I like to use the word, same old, same old. They do things different. They have a different mindset. Like what to say, they serve customers. They don't talk about themselves. Whatever they talk about is what customer demand of them. So all of them, all the staff have to respond to that as opposed to what Trio or Edwards want. But rather than the customer want, we have to respond quickly. That's what I think. So Trio, Edward, thanks so much for sharing. I'm sure we, we can talk for a lot more. Wishing you both continued success with value. You have been listening to The Venture with me, Andrew Roth. If you like what you've heard, subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Don't forget to leave a review and rating on your favorite episode. We will be back with a brand new episode next month.